Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. I tell you that all the time. East Tennessee's premier criminal defense, DUI defense, personal injury lawyer, uh, Marcos Garza is the name you need to know if you find yourself in legal trouble this holiday season. 865-540-8300, GarzaLaw.com. Marcos is going to work with this team of professionals around the clock to get you the best result possible in your case. If you get caught drinking with dr- drinking and driving, well, you messed up. Big mistake, but don't give up. Do everything you can in your power to get the best result possible for you. A lot of times they will find that the uh, state has fumbled your prosecution. Marcos will do his best to get the best result possible for you. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Let's get to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Thanksgiving, Black Friday edition. Seth joins us down in Alabama. Uh, We've gone through hell trying to set this up, but I think we finally got it ready to go. Seth's live at his parents' house. So if his audio is a little bit off, just just deal with it. We're we're going out of our way to try to make sure this gets done today. Seth, uh, how are you this morning? John, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Regardless of any audio difficulties we might encounter, as I'm screaming into my computer right now. Yeah, I, I got a bone to pick with Apple. I got a bone to pick with Apple. I just recently bought a new phone, and I came here. I set it up. I was like, okay, Seth's gone, so we're not going to be able to Skype, but we can still do it on the phone. And I go to you know hook up to my, to my board, and I realize that these new iPhones don't have an aux cord. I'd forgotten it's, about it, that. It's terrible. It was so stupid. It's so stupid just trying to – you know, scam people out of 15 more dollars. I, I can't believe we let Apple get away with it. I can't believe we let Apple get away with just nickel and diming us at every turn. Yeah, it's really gay. Like, it sucks. It's You, you can't even plug headphones. You got the, the most technologically advanced phone in human history for mass production, but it doesn't have a headphone jack. Everybody should think about that. It doesn't have a headphone jack. It's really, really stupid, and it's caused a real inconvenience for us. Uh, you've had to hotspot on your phone to to have some internet because you said your parents have cut the cord at home. No, no, no. no. My dad was trimming bushes, and he literally <laughs> cut the cord on accident. <laughs> oh. And the AT&T man gets here in 30 minutes. Oh. Oh. I thought you were saying that your parents had cut the cord. I guess – they have literally cut the cord. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> he did it. Last, he did it. 
last Saturday before the Missouri game, and I was watching the game with him because it only cut internet. It didn't cut cable. So I listened to him make that phone call to AT&T and schedule, a, schedule an appointment for last Monday, five days ago. And so my sister stayed at the house. They're supposed to be here at 2 p.m. So my youngest sister stayed here waiting for them. They never came. My mom called them and was on hold for 58 minutes when she finally got through. And they were like, oh, those guys never scheduled an actual appointment for you. So nobody, that's why nobody came. And my mom was like, are you kidding me? I'm getting punished for their mistake. And the lady was like, well, there's nothing I can do. They can come Friday at the soonest, at the earliest. Yeah. So they're supposed to be here in 30 minutes. It's amazing how incompetent these big businesses are, and, and nothing happens. They just keep rolling and taking our money. Yeah, we just can't do anything. We got we got companies trying to are successfully taking the headphone jack away out of our phones, and we got AT&T can't come and fix internet. I mean, it's literally like all they have to do is they have to snip the cable underneath where my dad cut it and splice in a new one. Like, it's like a five-minute job or whatever. Yeah. That's all they got to do. But, so, we didn't. they didn't cut the cord figuratively. He did literally <laughs> while he was trimming bushes. Uh, yeah, that's, so. That, that's funny. Okay. All right. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. How about you? Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Um, I've made the mistake. At first, I liked it a couple, like a year and a half or so ago. Uh, my nine-year-old nephew, so I guess he'd be seven at the time. He got. He started finally getting into wrestling, right? Yeah. But now he is full out ten out of ten wrestling dork. Like to the point where that's all he wants to talk about. That's his reality. And every time he's around me, he wants to fight me. Like, he wants to try to do moves to me, and he wants to try to beat me up. So, it led yesterday, he kept punching me, and I told him, I was like, stop punching me. So then he came up again, and I gave him um, about 95% hard. I probably could have kicked a little bit harder. I kicked him right in the gut and just put him down on the ground. I just kicked him so hard, just a big boot to the chest put him down that taught him a lesson for about another five minutes and then eventually he kept going and going uh, wanting to have a match with me and that led to me putting him in a rear naked chokehold yes. on the floor like in full force uh you know arms wrapped around the the neck I had his arm up a little bit to, to brace it a little bit and then uh full out had my legs squeezed around his rib cage like trying to squeeze him hard I was going to choke him out right there in front of everybody but he tapped. I mean, he tapped out. It's good to learn a lesson. I think he realized that I was actually going to choke him out, so he tapped out. It's it's good to learn lessons. And that was the end of the wrestling match. I, I told him, like, you know, he kept trying to wrestle. I was like, no, you've already tapped out. You gave up. You're a quitter. You don't get to wrestle anymore. You you taught him a lesson, and it's, and it's good. It's good to learn lessons always. And so, uh, some lessons are harder to get. Some lessons are harder to learn. And he learned his, and that's a good thing. So I ate at I ate at noon. I ate at twelve thirty, and it's the good and bad thing about coming from a uh, divorced household. I then had to go to my mother's and eat again at three thirty. So I was not really hungry, 
but I had to uh, not disrespect her food. And my mom's a great cook, so then I had to eat that. But the good news is, I guess I got a lot of leftovers. We all we all have to make sacrifices. Christmas, it was good. Christmas, it was good. Two Christmases, mm-hmm. like Easter, not you know Easter, not so good. You got to run to two two Easters. You got to run to two. Um, Fourth of July's or whatever, things like that. Christmas mm-hmm. was good. You get double the presents. Thanksgiving sometimes good. I got a lot of food, but at the same time, I had to eat uh, to the to the point of you know gluttony. Yeah, I, I sinned yeah. yesterday. I broke a commandment. Yeah, you were a little gluttonous, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't think... my fault. I could not offend my mother. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to offend your mom on Thanksgiving. We did Cracker Barrel yesterday. Oh uh, yeah. So we ordered Cracker Barrel. The Cracker Barrel to go thing. Mm-hmm. How was it? Delicious. That's weird. My sister was talking about that. They did that on Wednesday with her boyfriend's family. Yeah, my dad went and picked it up. He said it was a madhouse there. How long have they been doing that? I don't know. That's the, like I can remember one time we did it on my dad's side with his dad and um his stepmom and like his sisters like we did it one time when we were up there Mm -hmm. and like none of them are really like his sisters aren't really cooks or whatever yeah and so we did it one time when i was a little kid and i don't remember much about it this was the first time as an adult i've done it and like we did it just because i told you like we've had some stuff going on and we didn't think we were going to get to do anything so we were just like well instead of just my mom cooking for five people we're just going to go get Cracker Barrel. And so she ordered it like Sunday night or whatever, and it was very good. It, my dad said it was crazy packed. Honestly, I bet that seems a lot more logical. Like my yeah. mom cooked a whole bunch of stuff for like five people, and it just seems exactly. like a – That's what my mom was saying. I mean, it's one thing to cook for ten people. Yeah, and when you have people like, chipping in, I guess, and, and yeah. bringing some things. And like, you, you know, if you, you – you cook a Thanksgiving. It's hard to cook a Thanksgiving meal, a true Thanksgiving meal for five people. You're just gonna have so much food left over. Yeah, and it's a lot of work for five people. So the Hughes family yeah. did the, the Hughes family Cracker Barreled it up. Yeah, we we did Cracker Barrel, and um, I mean it was pretty cool. Dad just went and picked it up. I don't even think he had to get out of his car. Um, and we ate that. So it was a good day. The Cowboys. Look awesome now. The lines look pretty sad. I'm so I'm so sick and tired of watching Matthew Stafford on Thanksgiving. I'm so he's, sick he's of it. Talent. I'm so tired of watching him on Thanksgiving. I'm so sick of the tradition of having the Lions on Thanksgiving. Like the Cowboys, cool. I'm cool with the Cowboys playing every Thanksgiving. At least they are entertaining, even when they're bad. The Lions, I'm so sick and tired of it. Matt Stafford's dumb face. Just throwing three-yard passes, throwing interceptions. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. They lost to Chase Daniel yesterday. How do you recover from that? You don't. Matt Patricia's an idiot. Somehow. So, are, are, we, are we prepared to say he sucks yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Because I am. Yeah, no, he's awful. And Jim Bob Cooter... No, Jim Bob Cooter sucks too. How does he? How does he still have a job? Well, he was like the, he was such a hot name a couple of years ago. I thought he was gonna get them head coaching job, and now now he I shouldn't did. even be a coordinator. It, him being a head 
coach soon seemed like an absolute slam dunk. You had people wanting to hire him to coach Tennessee. I know. Which seemed really stupid at the time, and it seems even dumber now. Like, Matthew Stafford is just a waste. Like, you talk about you, you, God blessed you with that arm. Yeah. I mean, the arm is unreal. I, like he was unbelievable how he could throw the ball at Georgia. Well, they Just even hit. they they were showing his highlights during when when Missouri was kicking our ass and comparing Drew Locke to him. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like you throw side armed, but if I'm Drew Locke, I, I don't know if I want to be compared to Matthew Stafford. Like it because now there's now people are saying Drew Locke is shooting up to being the number one quarterback taken really? next year. Yeah, saying Drew Locke's uh, the number one pick. I think CBS Over Sports the- was making that case. Over the kid from Oregon? Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't that seem like a giant overreaction? Not that Justin Herbert being number one wasn't an overreaction. Yeah, I was just kind of, we got to find somebody to be number one, I guess. Yeah. Somebody has to be the number one quarterback taken. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, you're almost, like, I would just wait a year and get to a. If I needed a quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I can't imagine any NFL franchises would be uh, really pumped up to at the prospect of dra- drafting either Drew Locke or Herbert, you know, in the top yeah. five. But I mean, I guess really in the top I, five, the only guys who are going to need quarterbacks though is probably the Giants. Yeah. Like I don't know. I feel like all the other uh, bad teams have a quarterback already, unless the Raiders decide they are getting rid of uh, Derek Carr. Which they should. seems like it might happen. They should. Apparently, John Gruden and him were getting in fights on the sideline. Like, other players were having to come grab Gruden by the throat to calm him down. Apparently, it's a disaster in Oakland. Yeah, what did you think about that? And Like, can you explain to me? I know this is off topic. What are the Raiders doing? Like, why did they trade everybody away? Why did they trade Khalil Mack? Well, I, I don't know if we talked about it, but some I feel like we did, but maybe not. Um, apparently, they could not afford Khalil Mack. Like, just like literally. Apparently, Mark Davis is cash poor right now. And okay. when you sign a player to a deal, you literally have to take the money and put it in a fund. Like, mm-hmm. you have to have the cash you 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 have to have the cash up front type of thing. There's no Which lay. Makes perfect sense. There's no layaway. There's no making payments. You have to literally. So like, say they signed him to a 120 million dollar guaranteed deal, they had to take that 120 million dollars and set it away in a fund to make sure that player gets the money. Which seems like a good idea. And it was reported, I want to say it was like Joe Staley in Cleveland, which I don't know how the hell he would know, but he said he knew that Mark Davis just literally could not afford Khalil Mack. They could not put the $120, $140 million in that fund because he didn't have any cash. Okay. So that was why. Which I don't know. I don't. That's just the. That's just the report I've heard, and it makes sense, and it's really sad. I also think it's just kind of an excuse because uh, Gruden, I think, just wanted to gut the team, and he's on a ten-year rebuild plan, so he doesn't really give a shit until year three, in my opinion. He's he's going like with a college approach of it, in in terms of he's not going to get judged till year three or year four, 
So he's just going to get all these extra first-round picks. Now, in theory, trading Amari Cooper, who was going to be owed $20 million next year and then was going to be a free agent, like trading him for a first-round pick in theory was pretty smart. The problem is now the Cowboys might win 10 games or so, and that first-round pick is now going to be like around the 18 to 20 range. And trading Khalil Mack for two first-round picks probably wasn't that dumb either if they weren't going to pay him, especially. But now the Bears are going to win 11 in our 12 games, and that pick is going to be like at 25 or 26. So the, the, the draft picks he's going to get for trading his two best players are going to look a lot worse than they could have. Because if the, if the Cowboys would have kept sucking and the Bears would have been average like we all thought, that could have been – he could have had three top – you know, 14 draft picks. Mm-hmm. But now he's going to have the number one pick and the number 20 pick and the number like 25 or 28 pick or something like that, which is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, it It, it looked like it has kind of – at first getting a first-round pick for Amari Cooper looked brilliant. Yeah. And now the Cowboys all of a sudden look really good. Well, for, I, I think it could, I, I think it could be good for both. Like the Raiders, I mean, they're not. I mean, even if they had a Mark Cooper this year, they still sucked, right? Like Derek yeah. Carr couldn't get him the ball, the offense couldn't get him the ball, and they weren't winning games. The Cowboys looked really dumb at first for trading a first round pick for Cooper, but he's obviously helped that offense immensely, and it's given them a better idea of what Dak Prescott is before they have to pay him. So I think the trade will probably be good for both teams eventually. It definitely looks like a rare trade that helps out both sides. I mean, I, I'm sure you saw that thing. Like, Amari Cooper didn't help the Cowboys, like, percentage chances to get into the playoffs, like, at all. Yeah. But then again, all of a sudden, he's scoring two touchdowns yesterday, and he changed their passing game. Yeah, no, he, even when he's not catching the ball, he has changed their passing game because you actually have to – to design covers to stop him, whereas you didn't have to for any of the Cowboys receivers before. So uh, we always love draft picks more than players, usually. And uh, I was thinking, you know, everyone made fun of the Cowboys for trading a first-round pick for a a 24-year-old receiver who they're going to have next year and praised, like, the Texans for trading a fourth-round pick for Demarius Thomas and the Eagles for trading a third-round pick for Golden Tate. And neither one of those guys have done shit. And both of yeah. them are going to be gone next year. So, like, um, you know, the Cowboys definitely look smarter than those two right now. Like Golden Tate wasn't even playing the other night. Yeah, like he, he hasn't learned the offense, I guess, or or I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, he hasn't made an impact at all for the Eagles. So I would say that the Cowboys feel a lot smarter than the Eagles do right now. Yeah, the Raiders just look like they're tanking until Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Which, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Carr in the offseason. He's terrible. For Drew Locke. Oh, God. Although, at the same time, like, John Gruden, if you go and Google some of his uh, quarterback camps and what he thought about the draft, like, two years ago in the draft with Mitchell Trubisky and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, uh, Gruden was telling everyone he could that the best quarterback in that class was Nathan Peterman. So I don't know I don't know if you give him three first round picks if he's going to be able to draft well. Like he said the best quarterback in that draft was Nathan Peterman. Patrick Mahomes or Nathan Peterman? 
hmm, I think I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. Like, even when, like, I didn't, I don't, nobody thought Mahomes was going to be like this, but everybody's going to take Mahomes over Nathan Peterman two years ago, you would think. Yeah. I mean, but, Yeah, I mean, know. I feel like that's pretty uh, cut and dry. Even, but I mean, even, especially Deshaun Watson, like. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you could have convinced me that Nathan Peterman would have been better than Mitch Trubisky, and I would have said, okay, sure. But that's uh, got to be scary if you are a Raiders fan. You're like, yeah, we're what's rebuilding. The, the argument against Watson, like? Yeah, I don't even remember. I guess people, I mean, he, it, seemed, it seemed like it always kind of just boiled down to him being black and people don't want to say it was because he was black. I don't know. Because, like, Deshaun Watson was great in college. He was awesome. And yet people were still trying to kind of doubt how he would do in the NFL. Was it arm strength? Like, I don't know. He's definitely like one of those guys to me that is just like, like physically, like he doesn't really jump off the page to me like Mahomes does or whatever. Yeah. Like he just knows how to win games. Like I know it sounds cheap. Like he just gets it done. He just makes plays. And I he hope he like, I hope he fails to make plays Monday when the Titans play there on, on Monday Night Football. But, yeah, like all of a sudden – all of a sudden, the AFC South's got two really good quarterbacks, and then the Titans trying to chase them. Like, Andrew Luck's back, and Watson is, has been solid this year coming off the ACL. They looked awful the first three weeks of the season, but now they've won seven in a row. So, yeah. my life has gotten worse as a football fan. Yeah, I don't even know what happened Sunday. I was moving my grandmother. Nah, the Colts are, the living and- the Colts are pretty good, and Andrew Luck just whips our ass, and and they were they were good. I mean, they, we played awful. We can't beat the we can't beat Andrew Luck and his goofy he's what, 10-0 ass. against the Titans or something. Yeah, he's just goofy as hell. And he's a killer. Yeah, he is goofy. But he's impossible to hate just because he's so goofy and nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's he's how can you hate Andrew Luck? Like, he's just a good dude. He's just I a, mean, he's just a goofy dude with a flip phone who's just really nice. Yeah, and like it sucks that he's gotten wasted at the Colts. But yeah, he's awesome. Quick thoughts tomorrow on Vanderbilt. I don't feel good about it. I don't know how you feel. The fact that Vanny's favored three and a half makes me nervous as hell. Yeah, I mean, because obviously. This is basically the one thing you didn't want to do, right? You didn't want it to have to come down to one game. Right. And of course, like. They beat Ole Miss, so they have something to play for now. Yeah. And, like, Ole Miss got screwed on that touchdown that got overturned at the end of the game. I yeah, I went to bed to, when overtime started. I said I wasn't going to give any more of my time to to Vanderbilt Ole Miss, but I saw the uh, the clip going around the internet, and, yeah, it was pretty egregious. Um, I mean, if you're running the ball – if you're running into the end zone, as soon as the ball crosses the plane, if one tip of it crosses the plane, we got a touchdown. But if you catch the ball, A.J. Brown can come down with it. And as soon as he comes down with the ball, it's got to be a touchdown, right? I mean. If you're a runner, if you're a runner, just the tip works. Just the tip is just the tip is satisfying if you're a runner. But a receiver has to apparently, and I, I thought college was better about that than the NFL was. I was really shocked that happened in college. It seems like the NFL has really laxed their rules on that. 
whereas college, I guess, is behind the times and trying to be more like the old NFL rule. It was crazy to see that. It, it, it was it was really wild. To, like the I watched it or whatever, and after the game was over, they went back to the studio, and the SEC Network guys were just crushing the referees and the call. Like they were just hammering that. I mean, it was it was terrible. Yeah. It was clearly a catch, and you know, so uh, Vandy and Vandy might have ended up winning that game regardless. I don't know, but now Vandy has something to play for, and. I mean, I don't know really much about them, like, and it's so hard to say what Tennessee's going to do. I mean, we play better on the road, um, and it's so we're so Jekyll and Hyde because we're just not that good. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I would not be I would not be surprised at all if we come out there and just hammer them, like. But I, I don't feel great about it. I don't know how you feel. This Keyshawn Vaughn guy, the running back, mm-hmm. he's pretty dust. He, he's pretty gross. Have you yeah, seen his, have you seen his stats the last three games? Yeah, he's he's good. And at Arkansas, like at Arkansas, twenty six carries, one hundred seventy two yards, three touchdowns. At Missouri, fifteen carries, one hundred eighty two yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Mississippi, 25 carries, 127 yards, a touchdown. He's got a couple of, you know, 60-yard run plus in those games. He's got a 75-yard run earlier this year. It seems like he's a little bit a little bit more dangerous than the running backs we've been playing lately. Yeah. Like Benny Snell was supposed to be really good, but he was more of a he's going to grind you out four or five yards at a time. Uh, it seems like this guy's more of a big-time home run threat on top of it. Yeah, I mean, with Benny Snell, I thought that, like, by the fourth quarter, we, he would just be gashing us, and it would just be a slow death. Like, Keyshawn Vaughn can just go straight to the heart and bust off a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. So when you combine that with Shermer, it does seem like Vanderbilt has a pretty balanced offense. How has he been this year? I don't know. I watched him against the really the only game I've watched them play was the Vanderbilt game, and he looked pretty good against Vanderbilt. Or not, excuse me, the Notre Dame game. That's what I figured you were going to say, yeah. And he looked pretty good. His receivers kind of let him down. His, I, I, his receivers let him down at the end of the game. Yeah. One receiver. Right? I thought they let him down all game, basically. I only saw the end of it, so. Yeah, they let him down all game. Um, yeah. His last four games at Kentucky, 15 of 23, 216 yards of touchdown. Against Arkansas, 13 of 19, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Against Missouri, 24 of 35, 249 yards, three touchdowns. Against Ole Miss, 22 of 34, 191 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Yeah, he's been pretty damn good lately. This offense Vandy has is pretty good. The more we talk about this, the less confident I become. Yeah, I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about it, John, to be honest. I mean, it's a bad matchup for Tennessee, I think. But Nine touchdowns, one interception in his last four games. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like a good matchup for UT, but what has been a good matchup for UT? God, we better not lose to Vanderbilt. Are you going to – like, is this some type of referendum on, on Pruitt if they lose this game? I don't know. I hate, like, it, a lot of it depends. Like, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I mean. Vanderbilt's favorite in the game. You're in Nashville. So, technically, you're on the road. Although, I mean, it's, you know, you know how this rivalry goes. Like, we should still have half the amount of people in the audience. We'll have more fans there than they will. Yeah, like, it should be uh, at least a neutral site game at. Yeah. We play better on the road. I mean, it, it, Garantano's going to play. Yeah, he was, full, he, was long, full, he was full go at practice. For how long remains to be seen, but he's going to play. And um, that makes all the difference for us, I think. That makes a big difference for us because Chris just isn't good. And do, do we even want to go into that? I mean, like, Chris, Chris was bad. Chris was really bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pile on. It's been so, you know, it's been long enough. But, man, like, some some people had waited, like, you know, nine months on Chris. Some people waited all season. On Chris to get his opportunity, and he came in, he shit the bed. Like, some people, like, waited. And argued with people on the internet about it for a long time. Like, they waited, yeah, I guess it was not, waited almost a year. Didn't enjoy Auburn and Kentucky to their full extent, I imagine. How can you if you want the backup quarterback to be playing more than you want the starter to do well or whatever? Even when the starter's doing well, you're still talking about Keller Chris. Yeah. I mean, so we, we go in, we beat a top 25 team on the road because Garantano plays lights out. We beat the number 11 team at home, crush them with Garantano. And still, some people, they just, what they want to talk about is Keller Christ. And they've waited all this time for this moment. And he comes out there and he throws a nice little floater to Jawan Jennings and then a nice little slant to whoever. And they're like, oh, see, see what happens? See what happens when we play, when we play Christ? And then. We lose the game right before halftime as we're driving on that awful interception. I mean, he threw as many interceptions in that game as Garantano has all year. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can say, you can, like, you can criticize Garantano. I'm not going to stop you or disagree with you. He has, he, he has done some things that aren't great. He holds the ball too long. Who's going to argue with that? Sometimes our offense has looked rather pedestrian. In the downfield passing game. Who's going to argue with that? What you cannot say is that he turns the ball over. Because he doesn't. He does not throw interceptions. And when you're having to play games where like field position matters. Because there's been several times where we've played field position. And there's been times we've done it where I hadn't necessarily liked it. And then Doyle's gone out there and just done an awesome punt. But that that matters if you're going to have to play that way. It matters that your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And I don't like playing that way much either. And I'm not saying I've always liked our offense this year with Garantano. But he doesn't turn the ball over. And he, t- he stands back there and he gets crushed game after game. And he has never complained. He's never said anything to the media, you know, that is anything but complimentary of his cast and like look at our offensive line man 
Like, Marcus Tatum is smaller than our tight end, and he's playing tackle for us. Does any, like, I don't think a single one of our offensive guards cracks 300 pounds. It's amazing that we have such a small offensive line. Jermaine Johnson. I I know Butch was trying to do this small, quick, athletic thing. He he failed to realize that the top-level offensive linemen recruits can be quick and athletic at, at 340, 360 pounds. Butch missed the memo that there exist players that are humongous that are also quick and athletic. Yeah. And, like, look, our, our interior offensive line is what? Jameer Johnson, Ryan Johnson, and who starts at right guard? Niehaus? Who has been starting at right guard? I, I know Carvin's kind of ended it back up on the bench. Um, like, this, this offseason, Jerome Carvin might be the most important player on offense. Because, like, he has to – they. He has to start at guard next year, right? Like, if if you're if you want Tennessee to take that next step next year, well, like you need somebody big at guard. Like it has to be Jerome Carvin. Like you, like hopefully by the grace of God, you know you're going to get two five star offensive tackles and Trey Smith can play again. Yeah. So you're going to be able to put Trey Smith back at guard. Oh man, that'd be awesome. That would be, you know, that is, but you can't count on that. No. You know, you, 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 you can't count on that right now. And so, but like Jerome Carvin has to get back to, he has to get, he has to be starting at guard next year. Like our, we started Nathan Niehaus at right guard. So last week and Nathan Niehaus is listed at, um, 287. On UT Sports, um, Marcus Tatum is listed at two ninety three. Jameer Johnson is listed at two eighty five, and your center is listed at three hundred two. Okay, so we have we supposedly have one interior lineman cracking three bills. He doesn't look that big to me, but regardless, we have a tiny interior. Yeah. We basically had one we, we have we had one really large offensive lineman in Trey Smith. Like Drew Richmond is is average sized, I would say. Drew Richmond's a good size. Um But like we have a tiny offensive line and Garantano's just getting killed. And he never complained. And like I'm just I'm tired like I, the Garantano slander bothers me because it feels personal at this point. Because it feels like no matter what he does, it ain't going to be good enough. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think Garantano's great. I think Garantano's solid as hell, and obviously, you have a lot more confidence with him playing against Vanderbilt than you do with Keller Chris. Like Keller Chris was a backup at Stanford. He lost his job at Stanford for a reason. Like, and he had. I've said it all year. He had everything he needed at Stanford to be successful: an offensive line, a running back, two tight ends, like a good coach. He he underperformed when he had a lot better of a cast. It's just kind of what it is. Um, all right, let's get to – go ahead, one more thing. I mean, the thing is that, like, I'm glad we got Keller Christ. 
Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, it's nice to have a decent backup because Tennessee needed this backup at times, and you could not throw a, a Will McBride back out there. No offense to Will McBride. Yeah, I mean, like, Tennessee needed Killer Chris, and I'm glad we got him. But, like you said, if he couldn't win and he couldn't keep his job with that Stanf- with what he had at Stanford. Now, he won some games, but he just didn't play well enough. Yeah, he didn't play well. Like, why would he be able to here? Let's go through some patron questions. If you want to become a member of the Ranch Gang, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. Uh, we have two, five, ten, twenty dollar levels. Got a couple of crazy twenty dollar level guys. Uh, every little bit helps. Appreciate you guys for the support on this Thanksgiving season. I want to tell all the patrons we love you and we're thankful for you. We appreciate you. You are special to us. Let's go through some patron questions. We got uh, STW01. He wants to know with basketball starting up. John and Seth, what are your honest opinions on Bob Kessling as an announcer, and what are some of the best calls in your in your opinions? He thinks he's better at basketball than football, but overall not great. Yeah, like he's undoubtedly better at basketball, right? I mean, like, I think everyone agrees with that. I mean, to, to be honest, I don't much listen to the radio. Like, I, I don't really have any strong feelings about the play-by-play call because I just don't really listen. Like, I know that some people gave him a really hard time for the water turn of events, uh, you know, after the Hail Mary. Yeah. It's funny, after that, I've I've heard many announcers use that phrase. Um, yeah. It's impossible to follow up a legend, though, like in John Ward. You know what I mean? Like, it – he, he was set up for failure, kind of, uh, from the get-go, in my opinion. Just never going to be as good. The Callaway catch. Oh, yeah. Before halftime of the Kentucky game was terrible. I did actually hear that. Yeah, he does suck. Never mind. I, I take it back. Like, he's awful. Like, I mean, no offense to the guy. I feel bad about saying that. He's not good at his job. He's He is better at basketball. Maybe it's because he's right there and he can see – he can see the play. I mean, people were talking about he mispronounced Benny Snell's name the entire game. Yeah. Like, as far as his best calls, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I could not even begin to list a a a of his. I could not even begin to formulate a list of his best calls. I have no idea. I don't listen to like my my. My run-ins with Bob Kessling are the highlights that UT Sports puts up on YouTube. So I, I do think I do think it's a tough I do think it's a tough profession to do for a long time. Like I do think it, it's got to be tough to age in front of thousands and thousands of people. You know what I mean? Like oh, to, yeah, I to, mean, to like, start getting older. Like, I mean, it's like Lee Corso is just, you can't help but feel sad. Yeah. When and, Musburger was the same way. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. Like, Not everyone can be Vin Scully. Like, at a certain point, it, it gets, it, it's tough for these guys to, to age. And yeah, for, and like, especially if such, like, it'd be different. It, like, baseball would be totally different. Like, because it's slow. You know, I mean, it, it's, the game's not moving fast, but like, a football 
game or a basketball game, you know, a basketball game would be tough, I would think. I mean, yeah, you're getting old in front of thousands of people. And you have people that, I mean, I know I couldn't do it. I can barely talk on this podcast sometimes. And I couldn't it, talk like that. And it's tough, live. and it's tough because even if you are not bad, you're going to have people picking apart everything you say. Yeah, like no pe- doubt. people are just going to point to the mi- the mess ups. Yeah, which makes it even tougher. Yeah, because that's, that's I mean like, cause, and that's a good point. I was I was thinking something along those lines too. I mean like I have no idea. The rest of the Kentucky game, he could have sounded awesome, but you know, in the highlights, the Callaway play was terrible. It was awful. Like he said the ball was batted around. It wasn't batted around. He said it was Jennings. It wasn't Jennings. Like, it was bad. Yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was bad. It was it was, it was was quite terrible. Now I'm just sad. Now I'm just sad. Uh, Logan asks, thoughts on Tiger and Phil? I don't know anything about that tournament. Well, they're just playing a. They're they're doing a match play tonight. Nine million dollars okay. to the winner. They're not putting up their own money. Whoever wins their match play wins nine million dollars, and they're going. They're I guess going to have side bets during the during the match. You know, can you birdie this hole? They've already bet two hundred thousand dollars on the first hole. Uh, apparently, all the money they gamble, I guess, is going to go to charity. Not the nine million dollars, but the the side bets. It, to me, it came across as really cringeworthy. Like, we have two really rich athletes just kind of rubbing our nose in it right now. And the build-up to this has been so trying to be hip, trying to be cool, and neither one of these guys are hip and cool. Like, I, you know, I love Tiger Woods. I've never thought of him as cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, no, definitely not. I mean, he's a he's a nerd. Like, and, and you almost you almost liked him more because he wasn't cool. He was just kind of a assassin on the course. And then you saw yeah. you saw like just how awkward he is in the in his in his sex scandal. Like I mean, just the, some of the stuff that was leaked. He's just a awkward, weird dude. Yeah, and Mickelson. I, I totally I, agree that like I like Tiger more. Like it would be like I don't want Tiger to be cool. Like, I want him to go out there and, like, give me a reason to watch golf on Just, a Sunday afternoon. We appreciated Tiger more for being a robot, not for having yes. a personality. Like, the fact he didn't have a personality made him even even more invincible. Yes. Um, so the $9 million isn't going to uh, charity? No, the $9 million is going to the winner. That seems kind of bad. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this has been all – this has been pretty cringe – pretty cringy now i do think I, I i could see tiger woods if he wins donating a big portion of it to charity or doing something good with it i i could see that and quite frankly tiger probably should i mean he's got plenty of money yep i i assumed i was wondering about the money it just seems kind of bad for the for these for the winner to have just played like a one on one match play type deal for nine million dollars for no reason, like it's not a tournament. 
it's just kind of their own thing, and like we're just going to take nine million dollars just because. Like that just seems kind of bad to me. But who am I to criticize people for taking the money that they're? I've yeah, I mean, all, all, more power to them. I've just been really turned off with the build up to it. I like I saw your tweet about how cringy it was. Yeah. Like that's about all I've seen, John. Um, it's Fair tonight. Enough. Yeah, it's tonight. Where at? Ve- Vegas, I want to say. Okay, so. I might be making that up, but I think it's in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, is Phil Mickelson, like, any good at all anymore? No, he's not. Like, ty- theoretically, Tiger should kill him. Like, Tiger's a two to a, a one-to-two favorite right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, good for the people that are going to watch it. I hope they have fun. I just think I think I think what you're going to see during the match is going to be a lot like the build-up, just really forced, awkward interactions. Like, what was even the impetus for this? Like, why are they doing this? Like, for Phil, was this? for I mean, Phil, it seems like relevancy. Okay, because he's not winning any tournaments anymore. Like, it seems like it's a good way for him to get back in the spotlight. I don't know. You have to ask a, a golf guy that. It seems really, yeah, just really weird that they're even doing this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, how did this even come about, I guess, is a question I have. But. Apparently, they're planning a three-step, a, a three-event thing. So, uh, this isn't going to be the only one. Maybe they'll get well, a rematch, and then they'll team up to play two Europeans or something. I don't know. Hey, I mean. More power to know, them. If this is what they want to do. Who are we to judge? Then by all means, guys, go ahead. I'll check the highlights. I'm sure the clips will go around the internet. That's the good thing about 20, 2018 is you really don't miss anything cool. You can always yeah, you can always find it. It's always there. Yep. That's a good point, John. I'm glad you found something to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. Let's blow through a couple more. Josh asks, power rank Thanksgiving leftovers. Uh. Dressing is number one for me. I don't like dressing. Really? Yeah. Number one for me is probably the turkey, honestly, because you can now start putting it on sandwiches. Putting on sandwiches, yeah. To me, that's yeah, I, to I, me that's number one. I like turkey. Some people don't. I like it. I mean, I like it better than ham. I don't know if people do chicken casserole for Thanksgiving. We do. Okay. I like chicken casserole. I enjoy the chicken casserole leftover. I had some of that last night, late last night. Do you like green bean casserole? No. No. The only casseroles I go to are the chicken and the broccoli. I do like broccoli casserole. Okay. But broccoli casserole, I, I agree. Broccoli casserole is good. I love green bean casserole. Does the corn, does just cream corn hold up in leftovers? I'm trying to think because I know the mac and cheese doesn't really hold up in leftovers. Yeah. Corn is doable, but, like, it's not something I'm dying to eat. With leftovers, do you like um? Do y'all ever have strawberry pretzel salad? If we do, that? if we do, I don't eat it. Okay. I have the palate of a thirteen-year-old. Okay. Well, you know what? That's fine. Although that's I did okay. try, you know, the broccoli casserole. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I mean that's not a palate of a thirteen-year-old. That's pretty no. advanced for me, to be honest. Like, broccoli casserole is not something that a child is going to eat. Yeah. In my Thank you. Thank you. But. Are you I, like, playing? I like green bean casserole. I like strawberry pretzel salad. I love dressing. 
And I, I pretty much only eat dressing on Thanksgiving. Like some people, well, I guess Christmas too. My aunt makes really good, my aunt makes good dressing. I like my aunt's dressing. But I would say dressing number one, then I like green bean casserole. Um, I guess really what I like for leftovers is the same thing I like this when, when you're eating. Fresh. Yeah. Although I'm not a big macaroni and cheese leftover guy. Yeah, mac- macaroni and cheese leftover is not something that, yeah. Couple more questions. Uh, Jake wants to know, Seth, are you playing Red Dead Two? I have not started yet. I have it, but I have not. I've got. I don't know. Man. It was so much easier to play video games when I was when I was in college. <laughs> man, it's. I have it, and I've I've I pre-ordered it. I downloaded and installed it. It's on my PS4 hard drive, and I haven't played it. I bought the new Battlefield game. I've played it. I played it one night. Um, I'm also not good at playing games by myself. Like, I prefer sp- to play online you with my boys. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's so like Battlefield is like I can just the thing about Battlefield or whatever is that I can pick it up and I can play for an hour with my friends and then I can just turn the PlayStation off and like it's no big deal. Like Red Dead, you you got to you know you got to play it for a long time. You got to put a lot of hours into it. So I'm gonna get started eventually. Hopefully here during the holidays if I can get some time off and. Ain't got to do anything. But it's been tough with work. Like, I just kind of want to do something mindless for an hour, and Battlefield is mindless, and Red Dead seems like you got to put some effort into it. Yeah, it looks, it's too, it's too much for me. Uh, A a friend was telling me he put like 36 hours into Chapter 2. That seems ridiculous. I'm just like, man, that sounds awesome, but at the same time, that's 36 hours. So, that's a long time. Let's so I don't know. let's end this on Tennessee's question. Uh, he says, "Ball or balls, final four chances. What percentage do you have it at?" Oh man! And he <sighs> says, "If they do, are they? Are you guys coming to uh, Minnesota?" He yes, looks- I will be. I will be at the final four. Oh, man, I just the final four is uh is my girlfriend's birthday, and she was saying that we are not going to Minnesota for her birthday. Yeah, me and me and my best friend that I go to all the football games with were talking about it. Um, I think we kind of came to the, to the conclusion that what we would do is we would not go to the semifinals game, but go to the championship we just, game. We would just plan on going to the championship game. And so, oh man, like it, it hurt, it hurt my heart when she was telling me I was not going Yeah, for her birthday, that we would have other plans. I mean, she said it in a nice way, but, but we also, when we were talking it about hurt. it, we were, we were talking about it under the assumption that we would be at the, the, the sweet 16, the elite rounds. but like the, I don't know if you've looked like the regional locations are not good for us. There's no Atlanta, huh? There's no Atlanta. There's no, like, nah. like there's nothing. Like, I think Dayton and Columbia, South Carolina. And, like, Columbia, South Carolina is a seven-hour drive for me. It would be. It's like five for me, right? Yeah, it would be like a, an eight- or nine-hour drive for my best friend from Memphis. Like, nowhere like it. Like, we had our tickets to the to the Sweet 16 last year bought. 
or whatever. We we had um, I guess not bought. We had put in for two after we beat whoever it was, Cleveland State. Like, and we had a place to stay in Atlanta. Like, we were set up to go that weekend. But if we can't go to any of the first two weekends, then I wouldn't be surprised if we just go to the semifinals and just say, screw it, we're going to go to both if we make it and just be like, whatever, it's going to cost however much. But it's the final four. The regionals, eh, well, the south regionals Louisville, which isn't far for me. No, that's not far for me either. There's Louisville. I guess we're looking at the second, the second weekend. Yeah, there's Louisville, Anaheim, D.C., and Kansas City for the regionals. Okay, okay, okay. So the first weekend was not good, but I guess the second weekend, if we get Louisville, then I can, I'll do that. I'll yeah. go to Louisville. That's like a, a three-hour drive from, or three-and-a-half-hour drive for me. <clears throat> I'll do that. Um, but, I'll, like, if Tennessee makes the Final Four, at the least, I am planning on being there for the championship game. As far as percentage chances go, it's tough to say because so much can happen. I mean... We look really good, I think. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, obviously, today is the test with with Kansas. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see how we look against them. I'm a little worried. Like, I, Louisville shot really well from three, but most of those threes were open. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I and even think, against I thought- Even against Lenore Ryan, like, I feel like we gave up way too many open shots. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm wondering if that's something that we can fix, if that's something that maybe is something we work on, or if if I don't know. Like the defense doesn't seem as good as it was. Yeah, and I don't know if that's an effort thing, and they're kind of going through the motions right now, or if yeah, or if the team's going to be more focused on just scoring more points. Yeah, like. The first half, I thought Louisville had a lot of open threes. I thought we were doing some weird things on, like, help defense. I don't know. I just felt like we were just – we were helping a lot and we were leaving a wide-open guy sometimes or switching. And I know we, we were helping and then leaving them wide-open offensive rebounds some. The second half, I thought they were just hitting some, some, some really lucky threes. Yeah, and then the second half, those dried up, and that's when Tennessee pulled away. So Like – the second half, they hung around for a little while, and that Nawara guy, like, he was hitting some some circus shots. Right. Like, there were times they would just, like, just pull up from three from NBA and drain it, and it's like, okay, guys. I, the, the good thing is this, is that even when they were just launching three after three and, and hitting every single one, we were in control. Like, yeah, we never game, we, we never really lost the lead. We always kind of kept them at a three-point distance for the most part. Yeah, like I think in the first half they might have had the lead a little bit. Oh, yeah, they, they, they would always get like a one- or two-point lead, and then we'd, we'd always take it back. Like I don't. But then like, like halfway through the first half until the end of the game, it felt like we had the lead the entire time. Yeah. And I remember the announcers even said it feels like Tennessee is up big, but Louisville is right there. Like they were down five when they said that. That was what was good news to me is that even when Louisville was hitting everything that they shouldn't have, we, we were still up. We were still winning. And as soon as we went to that zone defense, we went on a 10-0 run. Lamonte Turner and Jordan Bone uh, look to be really good this year. 
I mean, Lamonte, of course, he played terrible in the first half as he was getting used to back to used to game flow. But you know, half two, he just hit big shot after big shot, yeah. and, and it looks like Jordan Bone has learned he can get to the rim and get to his, you know, t- ten, twelve foot pull up anytime he wants it. Yeah. He had some pretty nice hesitation moves. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get a real we'll get a real idea of this today tonight against uh, Kansas. The positives would be we look um, absolutely and positively elite on offense. Yeah, and we look deeper. I mean, Pons is giving you minutes, and like Fulkerson, Fol- Fulkerson's back. Great. Fulkerson's back, baby. He played. He played great. He had eleven points. Four for, or nine point or whatever. He went four for four. Yeah. From the field, um, he's getting you rebounds. He's blocking shots. He's everywhere on the court. Um, if he didn't break his like, I know he broke his nose, but like the way he plays, it looked like he was at least he was going to break his nose regardless and break other bones in his body because he just plays so crazily. Jordan Bone looks like a Final Four point guard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jordan Bone goes out there and gets you like fourteen points and eight assists. Then you're probably then you then you really like you have a really really good chance at going to the final four. And in that little game, that... like Turner hasn't dropped off, right? Like yeah. Turner came in and he was rusty, and he got his game legs under him. And then, well, then you saw that Lamonte Turner is still the best pure scorer we have on our team. And in that Louisville game, Grant Williams looks like he's taking a, a leap. <laughs> Grant Williams was unstoppable, man. Now again, I want to see what they can do against Kansas's front line. Kansas has yeah. some big old boys. Yeah. I mean, Lawson and Azabuke are yeah. – Azabuke is huge. Lawson is taller than anybody we start. And Azabuke is talented, too. He's a talented yes. big man. He's he's not just some – He's not just size. Yeah. No, he's he's got a nice he's got a nice game on both sides of the floor. Uh, this would be a real test for Kyle Alexander today, like to see if he's going to be able to stop. He, uh, he played well against Louisville. I thought he got some big rebounds. Like, so I, yeah, no, I, I want to see if he can guard Azabuke, though. No, no, I'm with you. He's kind of like one of those guys that always surprises me when I go and check the box score because he ended up with, like, 10 and 8 or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like this dude had 10 points. Like, 10 points is a big deal from your from your, from your your fifth starter or whatever. I mean, it's still – I've been saying this for a year. If Bowden could just hit two threes a game, like – if Bowden could hit two or three threes a game, it opens up so much. But he has to hit them. And he didn't shoot any against Louisville. He didn't need to. And with Turner, it doesn't matter as much because you know Turner is going to hit his threes. Um, we look good, I think. we got to fix the defense a little bit. Pumped. Pumped for today. All right, so- some, of that might, some of that might just have been effort, though, like you said. Yeah. You would think they would come up, come out pumped up for this game, and then all of a sudden, yeah. after Gonzaga beat Duke, that Gonzaga game is going to be uh, the potential of another, you know, maybe a one versus two matchup, maybe if Tennessee beats Kansas today. I mean, if you could be, if you could win today, it'll be one versus two. Yep. <laughs> assuming, assuming the 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 poll voters aren't gay and put Virginia over us. I mean, I don't think you can put. I don't think you can if Tennessee beats Kansas. I mean, Virginia, Virginia's beat MTSU and Dayton like so far. Yeah. yeah. All right, Seth. We're at an hour. Um, appreciate you making time on this on, on your Friday. We'll talk soon. Hopefully, we'll be Love talking you, about Tennessee beating Kansas and the football team getting to a ball game. I'll talk to you yep. soon.
Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, man, you too.